Welcome to Invoking Witchcraft, the podcast where the sacred and profane come out to play. So call the quarters and set the round. It's time for another episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Invoking Witchcraft. Jay, how are you doing? I am doing great. I am having a wonderful morning. It is a new year. It's a new me. Actually, no, it's not. It's the same old me, but still, it's a new year. So I'm excited. Yeah. Getting in lots of rest into this new year after, uh, you know, some shenanigans over the holidays. Yeah, I think we're all finally able to rest because I feel like 2020, even when we were resting, we were not able to actually reap the benefits of rest because of so much that was happening around us. And I feel now that 2021 is here, we actually can rest, you know, in a meaningful way. And that's nice. It is nice. And it's also nice to get back into the flow of things. I always find the holidays slightly disrupting to my routine. Mm-hmm. And it yes. feels really good to be able to slip back into routine for feeling grounded mm-hmm. in my everyday Normalcy, life. Yeah, structure. Structure yeah. is wonderful. Right. So how have you been? I have been really good. I am still doing some of this quantum hypnosis healing with my cousin Nadine, which I'm hoping to have her on to talk about it in a little while, which has really been opening up some stuff for me. Otherwise, I have been kind of working on business stuff and uh, pretty, pretty pumped for 2021. What have you been doing? What have you been up to? Oh, gosh, just being a business witch, lots <laughs> of stuff. I run and host a online course called Praxis of the Witch, and it is about building a daily witchcraft practice. So I've been kind of revamping the program and adding in and subtracting some things, you know, things don't stay static, they evolve over time. But it's a program that I run um, and open it up periodically through the year. If you're curious about it, you can go to praxisofthewitch.com to check it out. And I've been working on that. But this morning, I have just been relaxing and reading. I hotboxed the room that I'm sitting in here (laughs) (laughs) with some red cedar incense, this beautiful red cedar that I found many years ago. I want to say almost 10 years ago, and this incense is still going strong. There was a big windstorm in my old neighborhood And uh, it knocked down this giant Western red cedar. And so my neighbor had it chopped up and the inside of the tree was starting to kind of rot and kind of peel away, if that makes sense. And inside of it were these perfectly long chunks of dried wood and it was oily too. And I was like, that is perfect for incense. So I burn it like one might burn Palo Santo. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. is just, it smells like a Pacific Northwest forest with like a campfire in the background. That is so beautiful. That's like my favorite smell ever. Yes, too. it's, it's absolutely beautiful. But otherwise, that's kind of what I've been getting up to. Took, um, I took a nice cleansing bath this morning. Just to, I feel like at the beginning of the year, it's really great to just like do a routine period of like cleansing, get it all off of you. Get it off. 2020, we rebuke you. We send you back downstairs away from us. 
I did the same thing yesterday. I took a big cleansing bath and just felt so much better. I was just like, you know what? I've, I'm carrying too much crap from last year into this year. We just need to just get it out and be fresh and new. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important. You shared about that. Can can you share again what it was that you did yeah. for your cleansing bath? <laughs> so I do, this is something that if you hang out with me for a while, you'll probably get to know this recipe from me. It's what I call my virgin margarita bath. Um, and what it is, is it's, it's just, you know, you just fill up your bath. And now I tend to do cleansing baths that are done with cool water. If I'm going to do like a soothing bath or like a sweet bath or something, I do the hot water. Um, but if, but I'm going to be cleansing something off of me, I I want it kind of cold, not like, you know, shivery cold, but, but cold enough to feel like it's cold. And then I put in sea salt, some holy water, and then I put in limes, which is, really important because you know the the holy water and the sea salt are very very cleansing but i find that the the lime really gets that deep Mm. scrub going into it so what i do is i take two limes and i slice one up into like little circles and i just throw them in and then the second one i just kind of chop in half and just squeeze all the juice into the bath Mm -hmm. and then so then i get in there and then i use that to just kind of cleanse away all the things that are either on me or around me or in me. And it's a very deep sort of cleansing bath. And it's really simple too. A lot of times people think that your, your baths have to be really complicated, but they really don't, you know? Right. No, they don't have to be complicated at all. That sounds beautiful. I don't have a bathtub. Mm -hmm. So, So that, and I know lots of folks don't have bathtubs. I only have, a. I have like the world's smallest shower stall. Oh no. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> and I'm not like a small person. I'm 5'9". I like take up space, right? I use like, I'll just like brew up a tea. It depends. Like I'm always changing up my cleansing bath recipe. Depends on the day. Depends on what's going on. Mm. And I usually do add a little bit of salt to it. But I just brew it up in a big, one of those giant like half gallon mason jars. Yeah. And strain it. And then just like pour it strategically. I start with my head and then I pour it strategically all over the parts of my body and then wipe it off. I think that's perfect. It's like a slow, sensual ice bucket challenge situation. You got to start from the top, work your way down. Yeah. And I tell people too, if they don't have a bathtub to invest in a good bucket for spiritual baths, go old school on that. Right. Another one that I love is um, foot baths which Mm -hmm. seem to have fallen out of popularity. But are surprisingly helpful for all kinds of things, from like circulation issues to cooling your entire body when it's too hot, Mm -hmm. pulling out toxins, all kinds of stuff. And that's true too, because so a lot of the time, and what we're going to be talking about today too, is, is, um, is this idea of personal protection. And a lot of the times when someone is going to hex you or do something, it's going to be deployed. Um, you know, right now, hoodoo is very popular. So a lot of powders, things that you're going to be walking through. Um, so contracting negative things through the feet is something that we run into a lot. So learning to do a good foot, a foot bath to remedy that before it gets too out of control is going to be very helpful in this work. Yeah, totally. Yeah, foot baths are like my favorite thing to do right now because, well, one, it's winter and I have poor circulation. But two, it's also just like, it really is like, it's the foundation of your body, you know, and like taking care of your feet is so important. And not only does it just like feel good, I think it's like a good self-care 
kind of part of routine upkeep when it comes to cleansing work. It's nice. For sure. And two, you can reach so many different places through the feet because, you know, we look at those like reflexology maps or whatever, and it's like, through your feet, you can reach things like your liver and your brain and your, you know, all kinds of stuff too mm-hmm. that are going to need help that can be addressed through the feet, which is going to be important. Mm-hmm. So now that we've talked a little bit about personal cleansing, are we going to segue into our topic today? Yes, I think it is time. Yes. Today we're going to be talking about personal protection for all you folks out there who may need a little extra. A little extra protection because you should always use protection when casting. Mm -hmm. Always, always safe, always safe hex, as we're going to say. Safe hex. (laughs) Safe hex. Practice safe hex, everybody. I love it. That's a... When casting, wear protection. That is a good one. So I think the first question that we should ask here is like, why? Why? Why do we protect ourselves? In the magical sense. And that's something too that, you know, a lot of times people sometimes think that they don't need the protection or that the protection is just, you know, uh, a routine precaution, which it is. But whenever we're going to declare ourselves a witch, as soon as we kind of begin to walk this path and we say, you know what, now I am a witch, this ripple or a call goes out through the spirit world, letting folks know that we are open for business and we are basically entering their territory. Mm-hmm which means that they are going to come looking for you. And sometimes they are friendly helpers and sometimes they are not friendly at all. And we need to be aware of that. Plus nowadays too, being a witch is more of a public thing now than it ever was. And the days of, you know, oh, hexing is really, really rare. You know, you'll probably never actually get cursed ever. Those days are behind us. This knowledge, this information on how to do harmful works are being shared on social media. And Basically, anyone that you run across in the streets today can be a practitioner. Totally. And so making sure that you are covered is very important right now. Yeah. And really thinking about that social media aspect, especially like folks taking pictures of their spell work, which there's nothing wrong with that. Whenever I take photos of my spell work, I always wait until it's done before I share it. But yeah, people taking photos of like their personal spaces, it creates a bit of a link in a way with other witches. And yeah, folks really are sharing about their practices and whatnot and being very open. I know like in my early Mm -hmm. practice, I was super open about what I was getting up to in my magical practice. Nowadays, I'm a little bit more quiet about it because Mm y'all protection, it's real and you should do it. And it's necessary and it's simple too. And we'll kind of walk you through some of the ideas on how to go about that. But it's something that You know, if you do it and you don't need it, then the worst thing that happened is you got to practice, right? right? You know, when we talk about, you know, people are like, oh, you know, I really need to practice witchcraft, but it's hard to practice love spells, right? Because then you just have, you just make a mess, Mm -hmm. right? You can't really practice any of this other stuff. But protection magic is a great way to practice witchcraft and have it be beneficial to you, but also not create any harm, not stir up any drama. This is a great place for you to kind of, get your magical feet under you, feel what it feels like to, you know, move energy and do this work without causing a bunch mm-hmm. of crap. So this is a great place to get started. And let me tell you, if you do need it and don't have it, you're really going to wish you had. <laughs> yeah, it really is good to just practice this stuff. Even if you feel like you don't need it once a week, 
like on Sunday, like just, just do a bit of a cleansing, follow it up with a bit of protection. And it's good just for like, so when you start opening yourself up to witchcraft, if you are calling yourself a witch, you become, I feel personally a little more permeable to beings and things that Mm -hmm. can disrupt our own personal and energetic ecology. So learning protection magic is a must and probably one of the first acts of magic that you should regularly practice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you're right. When when we say now that we are a witch, then we're declaring not only out loud, but consciously that not only do we believe in these forces, but that we are open to Mm -hmm. them. And being being a witch inherently also awakens psychic abilities which is also going to then make you, as you're saying, permeable mm-hmm. to these things. When you, when you do psychic stuff, you are picking up on this with your, you know, proverbial antenna and kind of letting it into you, at least in a little bit. Because getting a psychic sense is a little bit like smelling something. You take like a little bit of it into you to see how you feel about it. And when we have these, you know, witch senses open, these psychic senses open, then, then we're, we're sampling a little bit from everything. And if we're not protected, then that sampling can, can be a little unfortunate on sometimes. For sure. For sure. So do we want to talk a little bit about, I love how you put this. We were talking a little bit earlier before we started the show and kind of chatting about what we were going to talk about today. And Jay referred to it as the energetic immune system. I love this analogy of like, I would even say, maybe it's not even analogous. It's like, they're both connected. That's how I feel. Absolutely. They very much function in the same way Mm -hmm. too, because it's that, that recognition, something is wrong, then the response to fix it. And a lot of us walking around, you know, because, you know, we we hear about things like, you know, hexing curses are are becoming more common, all that stuff. And then we become afraid, but I, I don't want you guys to be freaked out by that because you know, we do all have kind of a built-in mechanism for filtering a lot of this. You know, we, we have our aura, which is to kind of encase our energetic field and kind of create a boundary between us and other folks and other energies. And then on top of that, too, we then have certain spirits that we all have, you know, whether they're guardians or guides or ancestors or any of these friendly spirits that are going to be around us. That doesn't mean that we're impervious to all things, but they definitely do help. So we're not just sitting ducks or just open wounds or something that's out here, you know, very vulnerable to attack. We all kind of have built in protections, but that's not always enough, especially when we start going headfirst into the spirit world with witchcraft and these similar practices. Yeah, cultivating a relationship with ancestors and spirit can really help boost your personal protection, especially your ancestors, because they really want to see you succeed and they want to have the best for you in this life. And they can really act as a kind of like an alarm system in a way. And for me, like my ancestors will always alert me to like a disturbance in the force (laughs) as it (laughs) were uh, in my dreams. So they'll come to me in my dreams and be like, Oh, Hey, so-and-so's kind of like giving you the stink eye or something like that. Um, So they can be like a first Mm -hmm. line of defense um, when it comes to protection magic. Yeah, always pay attention to those dreams. Those dreams are really, really important. And a lot of the time, too, not only will your dreams point out that something is wrong or that you are under attack but in some way or another, but a lot of the time, if you pay attention to them, they will also tell you 
who the culprit is. Yes. Whether by it being them specifically in the dream, or for me, a lot of the time, I'll pick up on little clues, like who they are in relation Mm -hmm. to me. So maybe in the dream, I don't know who the person is, but they'll give themselves away that they are the significant other of one of my friends, or they are from the online community. I was once actually given somebody's Instagram handle in a dream of somebody who had sent something to me. Yeah, you know, that reminds me of a dream that I had many years ago. Somebody was working against me and uh, I was having a lot of car troubles at the time. And there was other things going on as well. So I had this dream that I encountered I found the person hovering over the hood of my car and I approached them in my dream. And I was like, what are you doing? And they're like, Oh, nothing. Like they, they totally <laughs> put, they were like, not me. I wasn't doing anything. And then I looked on the ground and I found a deck of cards and they were def- deck of cards that had plants. And the first card that I pulled over was agrimony. <gasps> and what does agrimony do? Agrimony protects and reverses hexes. Yes. So <laughs> I'm kind of getting chills talking about this. It was like That's intense. a perfect delivery. So I went and I got myself some agrimony, reversed that shit and was like, and cleaned it up. So be, be mindful of your dreams. Absolutely. And we will be talking, I think, episode after next because we're going to build a little series for you guys here about protection magic. Um, And then we're going to be talking about hex breaking too, but that's kind of a a nice little preview. Agrimony is going to be a plant that is really, really helpful for anyone who is being faced with any kind of hexes or curses or anything like that. It's really adept at taking off the hexes, curses, any sort of malefic witchcraft that has already been cast on you, which is interesting because a lot of protective plants are just good for preventative measure, but agrimony will actually strip it Mm -hmm. off of you and send it back to, which is important work Mm -hmm. to do. So we'll talk about that more later. But yes, agrimony is going to be one of your plant allies you're going to want to really rely upon in this work. So I kind of wanted, if it's okay, to go back to the energetic immune system And kind of using, um, getting a cold as an analogy here. So you get, we all have the telltale signs in our personal bodies of what, you know, how our colds start. For me, it's usually at the back of the neck and my sinuses start acting up. And I'm an herbalist. So the first thing I do is I go to garlic and I start taking my immune supporting herbs and things like that. And I make a lot of chicken soup. How do you consume your garlic? Do you, do you just eat it straight up? or? So I have this amazing way of consuming garlic. I like to eat it raw, mm-hmm. but eating a whole clove raw can like upset your tummy. It's good to have a meal in there first. Yeah. So I have what's called a microplane. It's used to zest lemons. So I take a whole clove of garlic and I just rub it on the microplane and it creates garlic paste. And I'll just mm. mix that in with my food. I'll put it on toast with butter and eat it that way. It's really delicious. But it's a good way to go. In the same way that we respond to the, an oncoming cold or an oncoming illness, we we react and take action. Like the same thing that we would do if we were sensing the possibility of attack or like a disturbance in the force. We might want mm-hmm. to start taking steps like just some salt, take a quick salt bath or something like that, just to like reset 
and protect. Could not hurt, might help, right? It's just right. You, you don't lose anything by taking action because sometimes you're just standing there doing the dishes and then all of a sudden shit don't feel right. And if that's happening and you take a salt bath, you didn't lose anything and you may have just completely protected yourself against right. something. And it's always best to act sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, those intuitive hits always seem to come when I'm doing the dishes. Right. Or like when you're in the shower or it's always during those times where you're just like, ah, there it is. Right. Should we take one of our listener questions? Yes, absolutely. So I really loved this question because it's actually something that I have thought about too, even though here I am on this podcast talking about how you should definitely do protection magic. (laughs) (laughs) And a listener asks, what if I don't feel drawn to do this, i.e. protection work? Am I potentially setting myself up for something nasty if I don't do protection work? It really depends on who you are. If you're just a normal person out there doing normal things, you're probably okay. But if you're going to be in this world and be a witch, then we're at higher levels of danger when it comes to these things, whether it's coming in contact with a nasty spirit or another practitioner who wishes you harm. Our risk level jumps dramatically when we declare ourselves a witch. So if you are going to be doing this work, then I think it's really, really important that you do it, whether you're drawn to it or not. And let me tell you, I am ready to throw the term being drawn to something into the trash because folks are using it for all kinds of terrible things. People people are giving too much weight to being drawn to things. So people are like, oh, I'm drawn to this deity, therefore they love me and really want me to work with them. And that's not how this works. Or they're like, well, I'm not drawn to doing protection magic. Well, it's like, you also might not be drawn to eating a clove of garlic, but then you have to deal with the flu. So whether you're drawn to it or not, it's always time to kind of, you know, we're doing witchcraft now, time to put on our big witch Mm -hmm. pants and do the things, even if we're not drawn to them, because it's part of this world that we really need to take into consideration. Even if you don't feel drawn to it, kind of what Jay was saying there, just give it a try for like, just set up one day a week or maybe every other week if you're really not feeling it and just do like a basic salt bath. Like that's really all it is, is you could do a basic salt bath with a couple of herbs if you like. We're going to discuss herbs later on in the show, but just give it a shot and notice then you could do some energetic work and even notice a shift in your energy like your personal protective shield that you have around you gets bolstered absolutely and also people don't realize sometimes how much they need protection work until they put those boundaries in Mm -hmm. place and then they realize how much quieter their world seems because they're not being bombarded with all kinds of of energies. And and these energies come from all kinds of places. So when we do protection work, we're not just filtering out hexes and evil Mm -hmm. spirits. We're also filtering out like disturbing energy that is just, you know, comes in off the street from traffic or someone yelling at their kid across the street or any of this stuff. This is all stuff that we are being bombarded Mm -hmm. with constantly. And though we do have this energetic immune system, you know, our ancestors do have other shit to do. And sometimes our aura isn't as strong as it needs to be. And so sometimes when we actually do the work to put the shield on, we realize like, wow, I can actually think for the first time, or I can actually, 
you know, focus on something mm-hmm. for the first time because you're not also battling all this other kind of static and chaos that you didn't even know was a part of your daily life. Mm-hmm. That's an excellent point. You know, in the culture that we live in, we are pretty consistently bombarded by low key aggravations that we have adapted to over time. So really kind of like consider the low key stress that you deal with every single day. And that perhaps I'm not saying that protection work is going to like radically change your life Mm. or anything like that. Probably Probably not. But it can be like a check-in and a way for you to like feel into those things and realize the impact that, yeah, somebody yelling at their kid across the street can have on you. Or just like, for example, there's, I live in cowboy country. So there's like a couple of guys in their big boy trucks who just love to rev their engines by my house. And you know what? I did a little work around that and they, these particular trucks, cause I know what they look like. They've all disappeared. Girl, what'd you do? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, with the accidental okay. magic. You just give them no, the eyeball too much. It was every single time they drove by, I was just like, I fucking hope your engine breaks down. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes just sending that over and over and over again, too, will do it. Right. And, but that's also a great, again, example of why you need protection magic, because someone's probably thinking something like that about you, too, every right. time you go by. That's- so. That's another point that I wanted to bring up is we all have a frenemy, don't we? And we also experience folks in our lives who give us the jealous glance or the evil eye, you know, and that that can happen on a bus that can happen walking down the street. You could look super fucking hot one day, you know, and catch the eye of somebody who's just like, who do they think they are? Yeah, they're going to take this bitch down a peg and you're the bitch on the. Gotta be careful. Gotta be careful. Mm hmm. All right. So let's talk about some techniques as far as really sort of basic shielding that will get you started on your protection journey. If you haven't already begun this work, um, let's talk about some some basics. And the other day you talked about kind of a a shielding method that you use where you kind of project your um internal energy around yourself. Can you tell them about that one more time? Right. So I learned this technique from the Blue Otter School. It's an herb school uh, based in Northern California, I believe. And they refer to it as flexible boundaries. Now I have a grounding and centering practice that I do where I would create like a boundary around myself, but I, I tweaked it a little bit based off of their shielding and boundaries practice. Basically, what you do is you just check in with your heart. You check in with your heart space and how you're feeling. And our heart, this has actually been scientifically proven through the, I believe it's called the Heart Math Institute, that our heart has a brain. Our heart has an energetic field that extends about three to four feet in radius around us. That is our personal bubble. So, whenever, really? Yes. So, whenever you come into a room, or you come in contact with another person, our hearts are communicating with one another through this energetic field. They've measured it. I love that. Isn't it fascinating? It changes everything when you really think about it like that. So it's like whenever you walk into a room and you do a vibe check, it's your heart. <gasps> yeah. Oh. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> 
That is. Oh, that opens up so many different things. too. It really does. So checking in with your heart space. And so I'll kind of just move through it right now. I'm checking in with my heart. And then I'm going to extend the like the force field of my heart around my whole body, probably about eight inches. And it's flexible, like it moves with me. It's not rigid. We don't want to have rigid boundaries because when we have rigid boundaries, it generates a sense of brittleness, like that we can't really move and be flexible with what's coming at us, right? We want to be able to move with things. So whenever I visualize, visualize this, it often takes on a color and a texture, And so if I am feeling particularly vulnerable and like I'm needing some protection, oftentimes my, we'll just call it my aura for Mm -hmm. for lack of a better term, my aura will take on a very prickly kind of staticky prickly shape and will be usually red, brown and gold in color. And that's kind of like my protective shield. So not only am I creating a protection for myself, my sense is that as I move through the world, other people will pick up on how I'm presenting myself or how my vibe, as it were. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's my little that's my little shielding technique. Absolutely. And you're right too. Like sometimes you'll be talking with somebody who's like who their energy is just coming at you really hard. And even if just kind of like in casual conversation, you sort of check in with that boundary. I've had people actually take steps back away from me. Yes. Even without doing something or changing anything or changing my demeanor, none of that stuff, just changing where my energetic boundaries are, people will will back up. Mm-hmm. So that's going to always be important because, you know, even if we're not doing, you know, intense witchcraft or psychic work, you know, People in our office sometimes will just have this really sharp, intense energy that's just coming right at you. And being able to kind of create a boundary is going to be important. Now, when I do it, I always go kind of old school with it. So when I do it, I start with grounding, which is really important in this work. And I think we talked about this on a previous episode. When I say grounding, and this is where you can separate the people who learned off of social media and the ones who did not, because when I say grounding, I'm not talking about walking outside barefoot or sitting under a tree or hugging trees, which are all very grounding experiences. But when we say grounding, what we mean is we're creating an energetic link with the earth and then exchanging an energy transfer with the earth. So we always start with that. We create that grounded link. And then what I do is I draw up that earth energy into my body until it's until I'm completely full of it, like to bursting. And then on an inhale, I'll condense all of that energy down into my solar plexus. And then on the exhale, I'll let it shoot out around me Mm. into like a bubble, like a think of like a giant hamster ball, right? And some people like to play around with different shapes. Uh, When I do this, I tend to mostly use the method that I am surrounded by light because I feel that the light will is very versatile and is also flexible. Like we're talking about, that's so important to make sure that your shields um, are able to bend and move and flex. Because just like what Britain was saying, a lot of times people will bypass the light and be like, oh, I want mine to be made out of diamond because it's so hard. But also diamond will shatter, diamond will crack. Mm -hmm. And that's not what we're looking for. We want something that's going to, to bend. And I like it when it has a little bit of bend because then that means it also has rebound too. 
So if something kind of presses into it, it'll bend and then snap it back out, um, which is a really nice kind of rejection sort of rubbery feel. But, you know, you, you can, like I was talking about, you can create um, a ball of light. I, I tend to do two layers where it's white light and then blue light on the outside. I also do sometimes like the prickly red, like you were talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. too. I'll do that one. But you can get creative with it. You know, it, it doesn't have to be a bubble. It doesn't have to be light. It can be you're surrounded by rings of fire or thorny hedges or um, these anything that really kind of screams protection to you. I knew somebody who used to put on like a hardcore medieval suit of armor that was like glowing, you know, whatever color they were feeling that day. But this is also why color magic comes important too, because different colors will give you different things. So like purple will be good for psychic protection, whereas blue is is really excellent at shielding, but you know, red is a very aggressive shield, you know, so working with your different colors is going to help you um, kind of program these shields to do what it is that you want them to do. Another one that I love um, that I would encourage folks to consider is that if you do work with spirit allies or an ancestor who has a particularly protective presence, like I have an ancestor that I worked with who comes from a lineage of like warriors. They're very aggressive. This ancestor, they're a little bit irritating to work with sometimes because they're very brash, but I have them watch my back. Mm -hmm. If I'm feeling particularly vulnerable or something or just kind of having an off day where my energy feels low, I'll have them watch my back and they'll like kind of follow me around and keep an eye out. I think that might be something that could be worked into potentially shielding. And I think of that because this ancestor of mine carries a shield with them. Mm. So I love that. Mm. that's really cool i whenever that comes up i always think of my my great grandma lena she was known for a great many things as being kind of a wild card herself but she used to have a a particular quirk in which if anyone was on her lawn she liked to run out of the house screaming in spanish while wielding a carving knife (laughs) like she was going to murder somebody so you know we've all heard that you know hey you kids get off my lawn but no my grandma lena was gonna take a a limb she was gonna take a thumb so that these children (laughs) did not come back so i like that and a kind of similar vein i was once told the story it it was in a book i was reading on on kind of psychic protection where this guy had to walk from his car into work every day and in order to get from his car to the work He had to go through kind of like this bad neighborhood or like an alleyway or something. It was some kind of dangerous area that he's walking through. So he would always picture this giant bear Mm -hmm. behind him coming with him as kind of like, yeah, just in his mind, it was just a way to help him feel brave as he went to work. And one day it was like a pretty bright day. And so he was like, you know what? I don't feel like I need the bear today. And he's walking into his work and this homeless guy who is just kind of like lives in the alley looks up at him and goes, Where's the bear? <gasps> oh. <laughs> and I'm like, aha, you see, these things are not always made up in our imagination, right? Just because you visualize something doesn't mean it doesn't, you know, exist around us or have wow. impact. I love that. Where's the bear? Where's the bear? I have a question for you. Yeah. So can we include smoke like smoking ourselves and sprays and prayer is part of our shielding technique like let's say we smoke ourselves like that can be part of our shielding as well yeah 
Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Because when we, when we do smoking, people, people automatically attach cleansing to smoking, mm. which it does. You know, smoke is a very cleansing sort of thing that we go through. You know, we know that it kills the bacteria in the air, all kinds of things. But also, it's a way of utilizing fire to release the plant spirit into the room. And, and we can do, we can release plant spirits in a lot of ways. We can do it through water by creating an infusion, you know, boiling the herbs, you know, that's another way of releasing the plant spirit out of the actual material itself. So if we're going to be trying to shield ourselves against bad witchcraft, you know, burning rue mm-hmm. will release rue spirit into the room. And then you can ask rue to come around you, protect you, shield you with that smoke. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a similar way, you know, you can boil the roux and then like put the water on right. it. And it will fortify those natural ba- boundaries that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, roux will come in and make sure that everything is sealed up the way that it needs mm-hmm. to be. So absolutely. I love so, doing that with rosemary. Rosemary has that dual aspect as well, where you can boil it in water. You can even steam your house with it. And then also you burn it as incense. It's one of my favorites to work with. And I use it in cleansing baths. And it it has this very clarifying energy, Mm -hmm. which I think is both helpful for us to kind of open up our eyes and open up our senses and our minds to everything that's around us. But also that kind of brightness that comes with rosemary is, is very, it's very offensive to evil things and evil spirits that, that light that comes Mm -hmm. out of it. Really chase it away. So that's something that we really, really like to use. Rosemary is also uh, referred to as um, rosemary for remembrance. So it's really good if you're study, like say you're studying the craft or studying with herbs. Rosemary can be a really great plant to help you with that as well. Absolutely, it's great for all kinds of mental things. So in in my culture, um, when we do curanderismo and we do a cleansing with herbs, if you're working with a client who is facing depression. They will tell you to sweep them down. Do abarida is what we call it uh, with mm-hmm. rosemary, because rosemary will help them come out of the oh, depression. Wow. Uh, because it will help clarify that headspace and also bring joy back into That's the body, beautiful. which is really exciting. Yeah, that is beautiful. Mm-hmm. So yes, you can use smoke and baths as part of your shielding techniques. I also, not everyone can burn incense. So I love using sprays as well. Like I love to make, I take a bit of vodka. You can infuse vodka with herbs as well. I like to add a dash of water to the vodka just to kind of like dilute it a little bit. And you can add in essential oils to that. You don't want to add too much because you don't want to just be spritzing your whole self with oil. But I also like to take pre-prepared oils. Like you make oils, right, Josh? Yeah. Yeah. So like Josh's protection oil Add a couple of drops of that to um, a bottle of vodka with a spray cap and just spritz that all over yourself. That's one of my favorites. And I like to spritz in particular at the back of the neck. That's one of my spots that I really like to pay attention to. Absolutely. And something I've been kind of working into too is tincture magic, because that's another way where we can get that plant spirit into a liquid form Mm -hmm. and then we can spray it all around. And I know that essential oils are very, very popular right now. And so mm-hmm. I don't I don't poo-poo anybody for using them, but they're not the answer to every problem that folks think that they are. Yes. And in fact, they can do more harm than good mm-hmm. because we were never ever meant to come in contact with that 
high of concentration of volatile plant oils. Mm -hmm. That was never something we were supposed to come in contact with. And plus, in order to create the essential oils, so much plant material is needed to create that. So it's it's very destructive Mm -hmm. for our our local ecosystems. But I also understand sometimes that's all you got Mm -hmm. around. Mm -hmm. And so definitely use them if you have them. If you're able to actually take the plant itself and put it in some vodka and make kind of a tincture and pull that plant spirit out of it, you're going to get so much more of a well-rounded mm-hmm. embodiment of that particular plant mm-hmm. while you're asking it for help and utilizing it in this work. Right. Another thing you can be on the lookout for is hydrosols. So yes. hydrosols are a beautiful form of working with plant medicine. So what it is, it is the after or during the distillation of essential oil, it's the fragrant water that's left over. And a lot of the times, uh, what a lot of folks are doing nowadays is leaving the trace amount of essential oil in with the hydrosol and creating these beautiful sprays. A friend of mine, House of Yore on Instagram, she makes this beautiful yarrow hydrosol and it's blue oh. because of the azulene that's contained within the yarrow itself turns out blue when it oxidizes it is pure magic and so yarrow is yet another plant that you can use for protection also has an added benefit of adding courage and bravery to you as well it's one of my favorite plants to work with but hydrosols are another great way to work with whole plant medicine rather than working with that hyper concentration of essential oil Absolutely. Absolutely. And then too, kind of you know, when we get to know our plant spirits, we can see connections between their other uses and their magical uses. So yarrow has an amazing ability to keep away pests, mm-hmm. whether it's mosquitoes or ticks or any of these things that are going to come in and feed off of us, right? This is a big metaphor for what it can be used for in Mm -hmm. the magical world, right? For that protection to keep off those pets, those things are going to want to try and feed off. Mm -hmm. What are some other plant spirits that you like to work with for this protection work? Oh my goodness. There are so many, and it really depends on what it is, your, your aim, kind of what you're needing. But agrimony, that's one that we talked about. Agrimony is high key, super strong protection and reverses any work that might have been done against you. So I would say like with agrimony, definitely kind of using it in the context if you do feel somebody has been doing some work against you. But I think also Mm -hmm. agrimony is great for just general protection. Angelica. Angelica is great for femme people. It's one of those femme plants up there with orris root or also known as Queen Elizabeth root. Um, It has this ability Mm -hmm. to both protect, heal, and bolster the power of femmes. But I mean, what's your opinion on using Angelica? I think I kind of feel like anyone could use it. I I do feel like anybody can use it because I, and it depends on kind of what tradition you're coming from, Mm -hmm. right? So when we're talking more of kind of like, I I believe it's in sort of a Southern conjure hoodoo idea Mm -hmm. that it's a very effeminate sort of plant that uh, helps with women and babies and children. Mm -hmm. Um, but also in other schools of thought too, kind of in, in my path of magic, it's very sacred to St. Michael, the archangel, wow. which is a very masculine uh, type of protector mm-hmm. too. And so Angelica is a very, very fiercely protective plant. And a lot of people work specifically with the root. 
I am not mad about working with the leaves though, because the leaves, if you get Angelica, right. And then you can kind of like rub it and you can smell Mm -hmm. it. It's very peppery. It's a very fiery plant, uh, which I think is really important in this work to have that sort of energy. Uh, The other one I really like to use is Rue. Yes. And Rue combos very nicely with Agrimony. They play very nicely together. Mm-hmm. Rue's one of my favorites. And yeah, I put a sprinkle of Rue on pretty much everything. <laughs> <laughs> put it everywhere. Right. One of my favorite things to do if I'm doing a house cleansing, which we are going to talk about further, but you can do this for yourself in a bath as well, is a pinch of Rue with salt. Super simple. Both of those. I like to sprinkle a little bit in the corners of my house, toss it out my windows or put it in my windowsills and things like that. Rue and salt are great together. Another one that doesn't get thought about very often is white mustard seed. Yes. Yes. White mustard seed is great for protection. And the difference between black or brown mustard seed and white mustard seed is that black and brown mustard seed is used to kind of confuse your enemies so if you do want some protection and also like a little bit of like, Haha, you're confused. <laughs> That's what the brown and black can be used for. But white mustard seed is, I don't know, it feels like a very peaceful. It is. And so uh, white mustard seed is one of the plants that we talk about being one of the, the Bible herbs or a biblical plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in the Gospel of Matthew, there's the parable of the mustard seed, which says the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is smaller than all seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in its branches. Mm -hmm. Yes. So it's kind of this very protective. It is a very small seed, but it grows. Its energy is so big. It is. It grows all over out here where I live in northeastern Oregon. And I love it in the springtime. You can pick the tender tops with the flowers still on them and eat them. And they're really spicy and delicious. I do recommend that, you know, don't just go willy nilly picking plants with yellow flowers and eating them. Make sure you do a proper ID before you start nibbling on plants. Very, very important. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that I love that's incense related. So this is something you could smoke yourself with is dragon's blood. One of mm. my favorites. And I might be biased because I'm an Aries, but I love that blood red color of dragon's blood. It's so cleansing and it really, it, it raises the vibrations in a beautiful way. And it goes really nicely with benzoin. I like to Ooh. pair it with a little bit of benzoin and burn it on charcoal together. Mm-hmm. Ugh, really, really. That sounds it. amazing. Benzoin, by the way, y'all has this kind of like vanilla scent to it. It's kind mm. of sweet. It's beautiful. Who else? Uh, rowan wood or mountain ash or ash tree is another one that I love to make little crosses rowan and red thread crosses or god's eye crosses those are those are really fun to make great projects for kids too right especially against like um evil spirits or like witchcraft protection Mm -hmm. the the rowan is so great Mm -hmm. for that one that i've been working with too that i've (laughs) because every so often a plant will just kind of like show up and be like hello you need to pay attention to me for a while because i'm going to be important has been vervain Ooh. Vervain is so incredibly protective and it's so good for undoing hexes and curses. Um, And it's also, it's, 
not to come back to, you know, the Bible all the time or whatever, but it's, it's in a class of plants that are alleged to have grown at the foot of the cross. So it was said that when Jesus came down, they, they tended to him with the vervain that grew at the foot of the cross. Um, and similarly, there's another plant too, that was said to grow there. Um, there's old folk stories that say that garlic either grew or was placed at the foot of the cross to protect Christ in from the devil at his most vulnerable time. Beautiful. Which I think is interesting because garlic will indeed keep the devil away. Oh, yes. It's very powerful. Yeah. And keep away those vampires, too. And them ex-boyfriends. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Another one that I like to use, it's in the rose family. I feel that a lot of the plants in the rose family, so we're speaking to blackberries, raspberries, roses themselves, hawthorn, and um, I'm forgetting somebody else here. Who is it? Maybe it will come back to me. But hawthorn is a really protective tree and has thorns on it. And the thorns are used in hexing, but also used for protection. Very powerful protection. You can use the thorns. You can use the berries. I use the leaves sometimes. Mm -hmm. Because hawthorn, I believe, if I'm remembering my plant correctly, was grown in big hedges to create walls around mm-hmm. like estates in order to protect it because it's so thorny. Um, it's a very intense protector. So it's definitely one to lean into when you need protection of any kind. Mm-hmm. Hawthorne also has this like mother energy about it and really wants to protect their children. So... If you need that kind of like mother protectiveness, Hawthorne is an amazing tree to work with. It's the Empress tarot card. Yes, absolutely. Big Empress energy. Yeah. And it's interesting. I didn't know that um, it was sort of related to Blackberry in that way. Yes, they're related. They're all in the Rosaceae family. So they're they're rose plants. Yeah. So is Apple. Blackberry is so incredibly potent for protection, um, but especially for reversals. And if you want a reversal that really has teeth, I employ Blackberry in it because it's a very potent, it does not fuck around and it will really kind of stick with people because Blackberry will grab you and hold on. Oh, yes. If you're out there picking Blackberries, we have Blackberries that grow um, both native and um, using air quotes here invasively here in the Pacific Northwest. And if you're ever out picking, or if you're even just walking on a trail, like I always get grabbed. Like they're always just pulling at me. (laughs) It'll be like, hello, I'm here. Another item that you can use in protection who is like malleable, kind of like in the direction that you can take it is salt. Salt kind of, I feel Mm -hmm. gets a little bit forgotten in the realm of protection. If you pray over salt, it will kind of do your bidding in a way. Yeah, salt is amazing and it's versatile. And people don't realize this too, because so when we talk about witchcraft and uses and stuff like that, these items or these spirits are working with, something like salt, will have two sides to the same coin. So in my culture in Mexico, salt is often employed also in hexing and cursing. People will try to protect themselves against salting. So that's something that we work in there. And so you can work with salt in many, many different ways. I did find a spell the other day that was praying over salt to 
uh, help a job interview go mm-hmm. well. So it can be used in all kinds of different ways. Absolutely. Yeah. I really like to pray over it and just kind of sprinkle it around my doorways and things like that. But in a bath, like almost always, if I'm doing a cleansing and prote- or and or protecting bath, I almost always add salt. So when we get a little bit away from the plants and then kind of going into that salt idea as far as items are concerned, mm-hmm. um, we have, of course, an arsenal of things that can be carried with you for protection, whether it's horseshoes or I wear a lot of saints medals. And I see that you have something on yourself right now. Oh, yeah. That people may not know about. Right. So I wear a silver mercury dime. This particular dime that I wear, I believe was minted in 1944. And they say that leap year coins are the ones that are the most lucky. But I've been wearing a mercury dime now for like 10 plus years, same dime. And I keep it with me on a on a piece of like um, embroidery thread. It's like Mm. just strong enough to stay on, but eventually does break away and fall off. And that's when I reset it. And I'll add fiery wall of protection to it or just a general protection oil to it. But mercury dimes were worn in like um, Southern African-American conjure and whatnot. And that tradition was usually worn around the ankle and it was used for foot track magic. So if you stepped in sulfur, the dime would turn black. You can also just wear it wherever. I wear it around my neck um, as a form of protection. So protect your neck. Yes, protect your neck. And things that are silver are so helpful because, like she was talking about, it, it turns black when it has contact with sulfur. And so many crossing powders, you know, crossing oils, things like that will contain sulfur. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these times people will be trying to deploy curses on you through a handshake or through a touch in which they have this powder that they're putting on you. And so having something that will react to that is really important. Mm -hmm. And another thing that you can wear, I have one on my window is an evil eye bead. Yes. I love a good evil eye bead. Yes. And there's such a beautiful color too. It's that deep, deep oceanic blue. It's soothing to look at, but mm-hmm. also really protective. And if, of course, if you want to kind of keep it low key too, you can find jewelry that is made with cat's eye shells in it, which don't look super witchy, but they do the same. They, they do the same job where it's an eye charm that's going to not only keep a lookout and make sure that you are safe, but it's also something that's going to um, block or send back the evil mm-hmm. eye too. Another thing that I like to use as well is obsidian or onyx. Those are great. I'm not a huge like crystal and or stone person, but I do wear a black onyx ring that helps deflect some stuff. Mm, I love that. So yeah, obsidian and onyx. I'm curious, Jay, have you ever worked with a satyr square? I know what it is, but it's not necessarily in my wheelhouse. I have been kind of eyeballing it lately, though. Same. So have I. I've never used one. So a satyr square is a parchment of paper, or I think some folks will use particular metals when crafting it. But you write out a series of words, I believe in uh, Latin, and it's a protective square that folks will carry with them. So if you just do a quick Google on what a satyr square is, you'll find it and you can make yourself one. Yeah, and- 
So that's another, you can make a little petition or a piece of paper to carry with you or in a mojo bag. Totally. And those are really easy too, because they slip into a pocket, they slip into your shoes, they slip into all kinds of places, you know, your glove compartment, whatever it is that you need um, really easily. So that's great, versatile work to have on hand. Same thing with um, some of the pentacles of Solomon will be very protective. And then you can just draw them on a piece of paper, or you can chalk them on a door or whatever it is that you need and just have that protection at will. Mm hmm. All right, you guys, I think we are coming up here to about an hour. And so we're not going to talk your ear off here too much more. Do you have anything to add, Britton? Not at all. I just hope that everyone's feeling encouraged to dip their toes into some protection magic. Even if you don't feel drawn to it or you're not feeling called to do that work, just give it a shot. Just try it out for one week a month. Do it on a Sunday. See how it feels and get some practice under your belt. Yeah. Flex those witchcraft muscles. Hell yeah. And as we say, do witchcraft. Do it. Support for this podcast comes from our listeners. If you would like to support Invoking Witchcraft with a one-time donation, please go to invokingwitchcraft.com backslash donate. Or if you'd like to become a premium listener, join the coven at invokingwitchcraft.com backslash coven. There you'll get access to our exclusive Facebook group for discussion and connection, as well as access to occasional workshops. We hope to see you there. 